Welcome back to another episode of Excuse My Grandma. It's Kim and my co-host. Grandma Gail. Okay, before we get into this week's guest, Grandma, what's new with you? Well, it's been so terribly hot in the Northeast that I must honestly say I have been watching a tremendous amount of Netflix and Amazon uh, and, and, and just staying inside. And this week, I watched The Offer. Well, you've been talking about it nonstop. I know, but it's it's fascinating because The Godfather, which was, it was the 50th anniversary of the making of The Godfather. And um, I didn't realize when I wa- started watching this, some of my friends told me they had, you have to put this on, that um, it was so in, in, involved in the with the mafia and with um, different politics of the time um, that it was a miracle that this they ever got it really made. And it was such an iconic film with such great stars, but they really, the only great star at the time was really Marlon Brando, which who he was the epitome and still probably is the greatest actor that ever lived. But, you know, it was when Al Pacino was a kid, he was a young guy and they didn't want to have him and how they had to persuade the people at the Paramount to do it. It's a fascinating um, production and it's, um, you know, done by um, uh, these men who um, really were involved in the making of the actual movie. So it's it's so, so terrific. Um, so I had never even seen The Godfather, but you've been talking about this... <laughs> For, for so much time now that I went and watched it the other night. Uh, you know, it was, I love movies. So I was like, how have I never watched it? But I'm also like, it was three hours. Yeah. So then I started the offer. So right. I'm on episode like four or something. But... I'm like a little bored, to be honest. No, no, don't get bored because it's interesting. It's interesting how he did it and how they got the things all working and how, you know, there was such a dynamic between the studio. And uh, it's just, it's so fascinating to see a behind-the-scenes creation of a masterpiece. I think that's really what the whole thing is. Yeah, right. The concept is cool. The concept really is is amazing. So Mm. that was my week. I mean, I I did that. I watched, uh, you know, some other stuff, went out for... Oh, I also watched that um, Neil Patrick Harris Uncoupled. Oh, show. I watched that too. Yes, I watched. It was, it was fun. Like classic Darren Star, like yeah. very Emily in Paris, Sex in the City. Yeah, it, instead of being women, it was men. It was, yeah. you know, it's it's fun. It's it's mindless uh, watching of, of a series. It's uh, yeah. Pleasant and um, nobody will get hysterical if they miss a segment of it. Right. It really doesn't matter. But it's fun. You know what? We're entertaining ourselves because it's so... I think the heat is finally going to break. It's just been awful. It's been like this all yeah. over the world. I don't even want to sit out it. and tan anymore. I'm like over it. Oh, well, tanning isn't even a conversation. I couldn't even... The other day when I was walking in the city, I thought the pavement was melting. <laughs> it was just really, really Well, this hot. is actually so heinous. But like, so I went on a date and we walked a little bit after and I had to be like I need to get in an Uber because he like you know put his hand on my shoulder or something and then I, w- I knew he could feel the sweat on my on oh, myself. stop it nobody feels <laughs> no, that I swear I was like oy, oy, oy. <laughs> all right well you know what it was too hot to walk anywhere there was it was a pity it's a pity when it gets that like that and you're better off in the air conditioning I guess so but otherwise, yeah, not much is new with me. Just been working, went on that one date. That was kind of it for dating for me. All right, you um, can take a little, little, a little rest, rest for a while. A you need a rest for a week or so. 
A week. (laughs) Take a week off. Mm -hmm. Take a week off. Yeah. You know, the thing with relationships, which we do get into with our guests this week is like, I feel like with all of my friends, the discussion is just like there needs to be active. Like we all need to be actively dating. Like we all feel like, oh, getting into a relationship is such a priority. Like why is that so common? I well, I think because everybody puts such an emphasis on uh, to, you know finding the perfect person, which is so ridiculous in itself. So I think everybody at a certain age chill out, have a good time with their friends. When the right person comes along, that you'll know it. Don't worry about it and have a good time. But what uh, about girls who are like, okay, I need to be going out to bars to like two a.m. Well, I those need- girls are not going to find anybody decent in a bar. They really aren't. I mean, if you find an occasional nice guy it, it, it usually is not in a bar situation because most people are so drunk they don't even know who they've met in a bar by the time the evening right. is over do you actually ever meet someone that way like i feel like I i'm always know. trying to go to bars i'm like oh i have to meet people i have to meet people and it's like but do the people i meet at those bars ever actually turn into anything no, like, no. i don't know if it ever has so i then- think it's just an activity <laughs> that you either go in with friends or you go in with a, with somebody and, and, and you see how the evening progresses. Mm-hmm. But I don't think anything really great comes out of those bar scenes. Yeah, so I'm not you sure. can eliminate those. I think the most fun that you're going to have is that you're going to this camp. Oh, yes. We I have to going, talk about that. I don't we know. We do if, have to talk about that. I'm going to uh, sleepaway camp for adults. <laughs> and you didn't even like sleepaway That's camp for That's the issue. <laughs> I just didn't even like camp. Well, it's going to be fun. I want okay, you to Okay, so take- well, I want to say first, though, Lindsay Metzelar, who started the podcast We Met at Acme, she came on our, on our podcast probably about a year ago now. Right. Um, she's great, and she is doing organizing this I camp. think it's terrific I think it's fun see 20 year olds or 30 year olds could go have a good time you'll have color war I will you- say, okay it's only two nights it's Saturday and Sunday it's a weekend <laughs> it's still color war you're still gonna end up with a color war I guarantee yeah, you yeah you I think are? that's part of the itinerary oh, all right, okay. didn't I read it to you in the car oh yeah that's or, right I yeah, forgot yeah I'm excited. I don't know who's going to be there but I feel like it'll What's be the fun difference? you'll be fun it'll it be is fun. supposed to sort of be like a singles well, I'm sure it'll be singles, but uh, but it doesn't matter. You're not going to couple off. It's just, it, you it's know what? It's not Love Island. We don't have to get into a couple. I don't think so. I don't think you have to worry about it. I think it's just something fun to do. Mm-hmm. So this week we talked to Demona Hoffman. She's a professional online dating coach. She also has her own podcast. And we have some really interesting conversations with her, especially looking toward dating fr- trends when it comes to this fall and what the data has found. Okay, looking forward to hearing her. All right, you guys, we are joined by Demona Hoffman. She's a professional online dating coach. She's OkCupid's official dating coach. You might have seen her on the Drew Barrymore show before as the resident love expert. She writes for the Washington Post Date Lab, and she also has her podcast, Dates and Mates. Demona, thank you for joining us. Thank you, Demona. So, so happy to be here with both of you. So we start by asking our guests their relationship status and where they're currently living or where they're from. Oh, good. I thought you were going to ask me my age too. Oh, wow. (laughs) We're going to skip it. I was like, how am I going to answer this? I am ageless. Uh, My (laughs) relationship status is married. My husband and I just celebrated 15 years um, in April. Yeah. And um, I live in Los Angeles. This is my home. Although I seem to keep shooting shows in New York. So (laughs) where were you originally from? I'm from Michigan. I'm a good Midwest girl. Okay. And you have kids as well. Yeah, I have two kids. They are uh, 12 and 11. Uh, no, I don't know how my old my kids are. They're 12 and eight. 
very nice. And how did you meet your husband? Oh, of course I met him online, Kim. I can't believe it. I'm not the one of those online dates. But you know, Grandma Gail, this was this was a different age of online dating. So I met him when we were when it was a dating site. And no joke, I had dial up internet. Kim was four. (laughs) And so that's really what got me into dating coaching. I actually was originally a casting director in television and I used to teach classes in marketing and show actors how to have headshots that would really stand out and tell their story. And then I started online dating at that time. And I was like, oh, this is basically the same thing. A headshot is a dating profile photo and a first date you know, it's an audition. (laughs) So once I applied those techniques that I was using at work towards my dating experience, I ended up meeting my husband and then people started coming to me for my advice. And so it just started originally as like a, you know, just a side hustle, fun thing that I did. So I admire you for seeing where you're going with this and using your expertise in an area that's much needed. That yeah. is sure. According to, to, to my granddaughter, it's definitely needed because she goes on and off those those dating apps all the time. And I True. don't really love that. But, um, you know, that's the game, though. That's the game, uh, Grandma. I feel like in this whole episode, the goal is can Demona get Grandma Gail on team dating app because she has so many concerns. I got, I got Drew Barrymore on team dating app. She was like two years ago, very anti anti dating app. She had been ghosted one right. time from a, a dating app, which will not be named, not okay, Cupid. <laughs> and uh, she was, so she, and she's a celebrity. So she was apprehensive about the whole thing. And right. since that time she's dipped her toe back in the water, you know, she's still looking, but we got another season order, you know, so season three starting production. So I still have time to make it happen for her too. Okay. Amazing. All right. So that's great. So grandma, why don't you share like your first concern with Demona and see, well, I, you know, my first concern, of course, Kimberly has said that's nonsense, is worrying about who they really are. These people can put up a false uh, resume on their profile. I mean, how do you really know for sure that this is an honest description of the person? Not look-wise. I'm talking about character, age. Uh, you know, so many times they say, oh, they're they're 30 when they're really 20 or they're really 50. That's never happened to me in my But it does happen but... because I've had friends who are older, of course, who go on a dating app as well and because they're single. And um, they're, they do fib. Yeah, it's <laughs> true. That worries me. I'll tell you what, though, because I sort of thread your generation. So I remember dating in the before times and I remember dating and I now shepherd people through dating in the digital dating times. And the reality is people were not themselves back then anyway. And I could tell you some stories that would (laughs) that would make that would make my grandma very worried if she knew, you know, meeting guys in bars and we had no information to go on 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 those Uh, at at that time. So, and people were lying and things were, were going sideways even back then. What I like about online dating is that you have at least an opportunity to vet somebody. And so you can, you can do a Google search. You can do a background check. If you're worried, you can do, uh, we can get into like the nitty gritty of like, you can do an, an, a reverse image search and see if that picture comes up associated with another name or with different age or any of that. Now, I don't recommend doing too much research before the date Mm -hmm. because I still like that, uh, old fashioned magic. cute. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But this is the thing that I'm trying, I've been trying to get um, 
online daters to embrace when they get frustrated with, with someone not being who they say they are or not, um, not being their, their correct age. I'm trying to encourage people to block and report because the dating apps really do take that seriously. And now that once Tinder hit the scene and everything was, so, the barrier for entry was so low. Mm -hmm. Like when I started online dating, I literally had to go to Kinko's before it was FedEx Kinko's to have my photo scanned. It was like the most embarrassing moment of my life. <laughs> but now it's just like you pick a couple of pictures in Facebook or from your phone and you upload them and you're on and it's free. And so the, the great thing about that is it opened up the possibility. But the bad thing about that is that now there's just a little bit more uh, research yeah. and, you know, vetting that you have to do. Another thing is you could be on an app for a completely different reason as somebody else. Like I could be looking for a long-term relationship. Someone might be looking for a hookup. Someone might be on there because their friend told them to be on there. How do you know if your reason aligns with someone else's? You know, until you go out with them, I don't think. Right. So my, my program, I, I have five steps and we, we can go through them all quickly, but what you're talking about is the screening step. So we start with mindset, getting clear on what do you want? Are you looking for a hookup? Are you looking for a relationship? Because a lot of people don't even do that when they go online. I'll, they'll come to me frustrated with dating and I say, well, are you on the apps? Well, yes, I was on the apps, but I was on for two weeks and then I signed off or I was on, and I, I don't really know. I'll know it when I see it. <laughs> we don't, we don't date that way. We get clear on what, who we are, what we bring to the table in relationship and then what we want first. And then we develop a strategy. This is the sourcing part. Like, where am I finding these dates? And even though I work with OkCupid, I've, I met my husband online, I'm bullish on dating apps. I don't think it's the only thing that you should be doing. And when I was online dating, I found that I was meeting more people out and about everywhere because dating is a set of learned skills. Mm -hmm. And the more that you do it, the more that you practice, the better you get at it. So I was meeting people everywhere oh, cool. while I was dating online. And then we get to screening. And this is where a lot of people aren't doing the screening in the proper way. So they get exhausted. They get burned out on the dating process because they're, they're going out with anybody. They're saying, well, what if maybe I should give them the benefit of the doubt or they're texting and grandma Gail, I know you have feelings about texting. I don't love the texting either. They're texting all the way up to the date. They're taking all of the, all of the air and all of the magic out of the room. And then they're like, oh, they weren't that charming. We didn't have that much to talk about when we got there in person. So it's like, you have to thread the needle between having enough information to say yes, and not so much information where there's nothing left to be discovered. Right. First date is irrelevant. You've texted for the last three days and you've got nothing else to say. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, that's what I keep saying to the audience and especially to Kim, don't text. You want to go? Yes. More than that, I'll see you out for a drink or I'll see you out for dinner and let's talk then. So I do totally agree with that, but I do think you need more than one back and forth because as you said, like, how will you know if that person is worth going out with more than the other 50 that you might've matched with this month that seem like on paper, maybe just as compatible. Like if you don't want to get dating burnout by going out with all of them, like how do you differentiate without having a conversation? All right, take notes, Kim. <laughs> so there, texting is a part of the dating process now. And when I started doing this 15 years ago, I used to say texting is for information, not conversation. I realized about 10 years ago, people were starting to come to me and were writing into my podcast for advice on how to 
how to text. I don't know what to say back. And I, I started to realize I needed to teach texting as part of the flirting and, and screening process. So what happens on text is that you develop a a false sense of intimacy and an idea of somebody that may not actually exist. And there's something that psychologists call the online disinhibition effect. So this is, I, I am behind a screen. So I'm going to say things that I would not necessarily say if we were face to face, or if you really know, knew who I was. And what I try to get my clients to do is to back off from that. So you can keep it light and do some screening on, on, over text. Mm -hmm. But if you get to the point where you're revealing something, if you pause and you say, would I say this to this person now, if we were like, if we met in a bar or if we were meeting face to face, if the answer is no, you have to have like a coy response at the ready. You keep the flirtation and the anticipation going. And that's the thing that I have, have been teaching people for the last 10 years in texting. So you say, uh, I'll tell you more about that when we get a drink or, uh, well, I'd, I, I would love to tell you that, but we're not dating yet or something like that, that adds in Please. anticipation. <laughs> and then this is really key. And a lot of people are skipping it. Uh, but I've always said, I'm a big fan of the phone call. I know people don't like, like you can't, you can't just pick up the phone and call somebody, but like doing a phone call, a video chat, some sort of a screening step before you get to the date will save you a lot of time in the long run. So Kim, I'm, I'm ready. I'm ready for, you can just so many thoughts. Okay. (laughs) Backwards. So with the phone call, um, if it's before first date and let's say we already scheduled the date and then they call you and you're like, ah, there's not that much chemistry. Then I'm going to have to say to them, actually, we can't meet in person anymore. No. She's saying, yeah. Oh, really? Really? Yes. This is screening. The whole goal of you're on the dating app to find your person, right? So why are you wasting your time? That's what's causing dating burnout. And then we feel like obligated. Like I just heard this story yesterday. Someone was saying they went to a date and they were having drinks before their table was ready. And then this is the worst. This guy was the worst. He, the, the, the hostess came over and said, oh, your table is ready now. And he said, Oh, you know what? Actually, we don't need the table because I actually already have dinner plans after this. No, oh. he, you know, he did not have dinner plans yeah, after. Of course not. He He's just been... had figured out He's in been... that, in the drinks, he'd figured out it wasn't a match. Now, if they had done a phone call or video chat before they got there, they would have figured that out. And so you also need a phrase at the ready that mm-hmm. lets people know you have to establish your boundaries, establish what you want. And this is all part of practicing because once you get into the relationship, you're going to also have to find your voice and assert your boundaries. Right. Grandma Gail. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, I, I'm of the opinion though. You have to give somebody a face to face, even though the guy decided it was over at the bar before he ever even sat at the table, he's basically rude. But I mean, one night is not the end of the world. Yeah. And uh, that's, that's the thing. You know, it's not like you're um, up for uh, a Nobel prize and you can't be available a couple of evenings. Uh, I think True. that it's, it's nice to meet somebody in person after you've texted, after you've done these preliminaries, um, but give it gives the woman or the man a chance. And if you see at the end of the dinner, no good, there's no chemistry, there's no nothing. I still 
think it's very hard on a first date to find that out. Um, but if you have some kind of red flags that pop up, don't make a second date, but leave it very pleasant. I always say leave them laughing. You never know what's going to happen a year from now. You might all True. the this person might develop into the most wonderful prince or princess. So um, leave it, leave it open. Don't leave it with a bad taste in your mouth. I agree with that a hundred percent. And this is why I, you know, the, the energy of the date, it, it, you remember most the beginning and the end. And Mm -hmm. if, if the date continues past that point and you don't leave them laughing, you might not get that second date when you otherwise would have. So I tell my clients to leave the date feeling like it's ending in the middle, which is also why I tell my clients and my dates and mates listeners do not do dinner on a first date. When you're meeting someone from, from online dating, it's, it's still, it's, they're a stranger. You don't have that. You don't have that bridge of, I met through friends or I met through a community or we have things in common. So you're, you have to let it unfold, unfold slowly. But the, the key element when you're, when you're on these first dates is you've got to keep them short and sweet. And the big difference, I think, grandma Gail, is that the speed of dating has increased exponentially. So that's why I'm trying to keep people from dating burnout, because if you say yes to everyone and you're going out, I have clients prior to the pandemic that were literally going out two dates a night, four nights a week. And they're, and then they're like, why am I so burned out? It's it's no, that happened to us during COVID. I thought she was having a nervous breakdown. There were so many good people coming in and out. (laughs) Right. But I don't know. Did you develop any sort of a, a screening process at that point? Cause you can't sustain that level of. Yeah, you cannot, it is not sustainable. Mm-hmm. Um, also again, it was like in COVID when like yeah. no one was doing anything else. So I think it was a little bit of a different situation. Right. Not that I don't do that now, it's, no, but it's, a, it's a little less, now. it's a little less. Um, but no, like, I think that I pretty much said yes to anyone who fit the bill of like, well, if they live geographically near, geographically you. near me, <laughs> You know, like that was Jewish. a big thing. That, that uh, was a big thing during COVID. You had to you had to be able to commute to get to place to place easily. Yeah. But now, like, and I was kind of also living by the belief of, okay, everyone, even if I kind of don't like them first date, gets two dates. I don't really do that anymore either. Um, and I, I Grandma Gail thinks everyone should get two dates. So I was listening to that advice, which might work for some people. Doesn't work. But for then, you. like, you are busy nonstop with people that um I don't know. There maybe there's nothing really there just to fill the time. My rule is if you are still curious at the end of the first date, you go on a second date. I actually have a three date rule. If you're curious at the end of the second date, you go on the third date. But if they say something that offends you, if you're no longer curious, if if you don't feel sparks or something by the end of the third date, then Mm -hmm. I think it's okay to let it go. What do you mean by curious? So I'll, I'll just say in the context of <clears throat> my own experience, mm-hmm. I, when I first met my husband, I, <laughs> my first thought was, oh, he's such a nice guy. Maybe I could set him up with someone. He's very, um, he's very different from me. You know, I'm super outgoing. He's an introvert. He was dressed really preppy. I not. <laughs> and on paper, it just, I was like, I'm not really sure, but I was so interested in his mind and the way that his mind worked. And I thought he was cute. I mean, I, my first impression was like, oh, he's cute. I could set, I could set him up with someone, but I was like, it seems like there's more here to be revealed. So I'm curious to know more about 
the way he thinks and what he's about. Mm -hmm. So I wasn't sure. I wasn't like, oh, this is my husband for sure. Right. And even at the end of the second date, I was like, I don't really know. But if you're still saying, I don't really know, it's worth another that's drink. curiosity. Oh, if you're okay. like, no, I, there were certainly people that I went out with. I mean, I, I don't think I ever reached your level of, of dating greatness, Kim, but there were certainly people that I went out with that I, just your, your gut feeling was just like, this isn't, this doesn't work. This yeah. is what's the age difference between you and your husband. May I ask three months? Yeah. And so. actually funny, funny story about that. I had it in my mind that I had to date a man who was older and more sophisticated. So I was searching a year to 10 years older and he almost didn't write to me because I had said I was looking for someone older and we were the same age, but he was like, I'm going to, he was turning, uh, we met when we were so young, he was turning 25 the next month. Oh, so that's, he was like, that's the time when you meet. Uh, well, now I, I have a lot of clients that are, you know, still looking in their thirties and forties. Um, but I had done a lot of dating before. I met him, so I, I knew what I was looking for and I was ready for something more serious. And, um, so when he landed in my inbox, I looked at his profile and I was like, oh, where has this guy been? Cause he wasn't coming up in any of my searches. It was different than you had to do the proactive searches. And I'm still a big fan of like on OkCupid, you can still search by matching questions. You can still search by keywords within matching questions because on the swipe apps, it's, it's prioritized for ease of use. Right. Mm -hmm. So it's just like, Oh, I just want this to be easy and fun. And like, I'm bored and you know, I'm sitting in bed, just swiping, yeah. but if you are dating mindfully, it's a whole different process. And so he wasn't coming up in any of my searches because I was, I was looking for a sophisticated older man, but then he was way, I was actually kind of casually dating somebody else who was 10 years older and was kind of weirded out by that. And <laughs> when I met Seth, I was like, oh my gosh, he's so much more mature than mm -hmm. this, this older guy. So yeah, know, sometimes it's not about age and it's like maturity level for sure. How much swiping do you think is too much swiping? It's really just dependent on your level of burnout, but it's not so much the swiping as it is the, the messaging I find and the notifications too, because, you know, you get that little dopamine reward every time your, your phone's Mine are off. You have a match. Yeah. Keep it off. Everybody listening keep your notifications off. I have my clients set a time when they always check, like to make sure that they're checking every day because also time is of the essence. And you've probably seen like you match with somebody. And if, if things don't start moving along right away, you kind of, they get buried in the, in the, in the chat and they're, you're just like, Oh wait, who was this person? Also, I just want to go back a second. Do you know what that means with the notifications? No. Way. Okay. Yeah. I had a feeling. Okay. So like, you know, when you get a text message and it pops up on yes. your phone, yes. like every time you get a text, you're like, Oh, I got a text. I have to like, it gives you a little dopamine rush. Oh, it gives you a rush. So, so you like, get excited. You get excited. Like, so if you have Anytime you match with someone and it's popping up on your phone, that does something to you versus like just opening the app and seeing that you have them then and not just getting them as they come, just like only when you're on the app. Right. So you don't constantly get that constant charge. Right. Right. Yeah. yeah. And then also what happens when you get the notifications throughout your day is you're like, oh, this person is cute, but you're at work. You don't have time to respond. So you forget. And then mm -hmm. you get five more matches 
And then that person that you actually really did want to go out with is way down in the feed versus when you're looking at them all at once, you can say, oh, I really want to write to this person first. All right. I'm still, now I'm listening to you. I'm still hooked on the setups <laughs> because I think this is a very hard thing because you, you, you could swipe a million times and everybody could look appealing and you could really start this serial dating. And, and whereas if someone, you know, sets you up you got to give it a chance but I'm also very big like, on that setup let's say that happens to you like once every well two it doesn't months. happen that much so I then guess. what you're just not going to date unless it's what like I feel like you have to use all of these yes, yes. resources. but I think my my problem is that everybody is looking for the better thing when do you say it's enough this is good I like it. Like you said, found your husband. You like wasn't love at first sight because you were thinking about maybe he was gonna you were gonna even set him up with someone else. But after a group of dates, you said, no, there's got to be something that clicked in your brain that you said this guy maybe could be my number one person. And I worry about that with these dating apps because there's always somebody that looks very good on the screen. So maybe this guy isn't so good. I'll try another guy. It's like a, like almost like. Uh, going into your closet and looking at your clothes. Well, maybe not this one tonight. I'll, I'll pick that one. Uh, it worries me because there's so many choices. Let me put it that way. There's so many choices for you girls. It's almost like a whole flower garden opens up on, on these apps. How many metaphors are we going to make? I don't know. <laughs> I love metaphors. It. I'm just thinking about it. And it really is. Whereas when we went out in the old and prehistoric days, you had a couple of dates. You either liked him. If you didn't like him after a while, you got rid of him. You went on. But you didn't have the variety that you guys have today, which sure. in many ways is better, but in other ways could be dulling your senses after a while. It it does. I agree with you. And I also see that people are finding love online and people are choosing. By the time my husband proposed, like I have a friend who's been was proposed to nine times, not married. And I was like, I don't know how you get to the point where nine people are like, yeah, I'm going to marry you. This is my person. And you're like, I don't really know. I, I'm not sure. Because by the time, my, <laughs> I mean, she she's, something she, going. she was a dating coach. So she had, she had something oh, going on, but, <laughs> but by the time my husband proposed, it was so clear to me that this was the life that I wanted and that there was no one else that was going to be this. We had practiced what I, I tell my listeners, slow love, practice slow love. I didn't, I didn't coin the term. Dr. Helen Fisher um, really did the research on this, but that it research shows that when you get to know someone over time and you form bonds and memories, and then you also have that sort of hormonal exchange of, of, oxytocin and you feel bonded to them, then you're not even looking at these people that you're swiping on in the same way. And it becomes clear if you've done the mindset work in the beginning, and you're really clear on what you're looking for, when you see it, it's, it's abundantly clear. Okay. Very well explained. Yeah. Like that, Demona. <laughs> I want to go back to something you said before, because it piqued my interest of like doing some extra like sleuthing of like the reverse image search and things like that. Um, I've never done that. So smart. Are there anything like other tips like that? <laughs> use it. Um, just use it sparingly. Like yeah. if you really feel, cause sometimes people will write in and say like, I just have this gut feeling. I don't know about this guy or 
what, maybe I should give you some of the red flag signs so that you know when you should do additional searching. If you notice that you only get messages from this person at like weird times, like only after 10 o'clock or only like certain times on the weekend, or they can only see you or talk to you at those times, that is certainly a red flag. Or if you look at their profile, like I had a client who, before she came to me, of course, I've, I've, I've hooked her up and now she's in, a, she's in the best relationship of her life. Her words, not mine. Uh, but before that point, she, she, she was actually hesitant, Grandma Gail, about going online because her last experience had been she met somebody, she matched with somebody and he only had two photos. You can't do that like on, on Hinge or, you know, a lot of the apps you have no. to, on Hinge, you have to have six. Yeah. Um, but I, I like to have a curated number of photos, not all of your photos. It's not your Instagram, but he only had two, which was not, not good. And they didn't quite fit together. One was a group shot and the other, it was like kind of far away. So she couldn't really tell what this guy looked like. And then when she went on the date with him, he did not at all look the way that she was expecting. And finally she called him out on it. And she was like, you look kind of different from your profile. And he was like, here's the deal. That's actually my friend's photo. The group shot was me, but the other one was my friend's photo. And he's, I just thought, I didn't think, you know, people would like me with my photo. So I, he was just catfishing. Yeah. And he said that no other woman had ever called him out on it back to my original point about the blocking and reporting. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, she was very discouraged after that point about online dating, but she didn't listen to her gut in that moment that something was wrong. Like before she went to the date, yeah. something was wrong. That's when you, that's when you want to plug in the reverse image search. And it's really easy. You go into Google, you just take, take the picture, like save it, save it on your phone, save it on your computer. Um, by the way, you can use like all of the apps on your computer. A lot of people don't know this. Oh, I didn't. Yeah. Yeah. You, you can pull up Bumble. Okay. Keep it. You can pull them all up on your computer, but um, I find sometimes it's easier to work with the tools when you're not on your phone. So you just then drop it into Google has like a, a image button you can click and then drop it in there. And then it will look for any similar photos or the same photo. Mm-hmm. And sometimes that won't come up, but if, if it does definitely pay attention because sometimes people will say, oh, well, I looked it up and he said his name was Jim, but it says Bill on this photo. It pulled up a, yeah. a Facebook profile. If you get to that point, stop, yeah. do not start, yeah. do not yeah. give yeah. the benefit of the doubt. Like I'm going to talk to Jim about why it says, Bill. Right. No. no, honey, he ain't, he ain't Jim. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Okay. I'm going to give you my really hot sleuthing tip. Also to be used sparingly. A lot of times people will search Instagram, Facebook, Google. The real hot take is LinkedIn. I knew you were going to say that. That's mine too. I tell everyone that. (laughs) Good. You got it. Because if they are, people aren't trying to catfish on LinkedIn because they're trying to work. (laughs) So if they are- but you know, it's so interesting, this whole conversation, because I have so many, well, basically women friends who are now single because they're either a winner or divorced and they go on these apps too. Now, 
a lot of them, you know, absolutely don't know how to work them because they're coming up with guys that are clearly not who they are on their pictures, whether they took a picture 30 years ago, maybe with their first girlfriend, all of a sudden they've got it on the page and then they, they meet my friends and they don't look the same way, which is, you know, it's very disheartening because dating goes on throughout your life. So is the question like, if you're in your sixties or seventies or eighties, like, should you be treating it the same as when you're 20 or 30? That's a great question. Um, here are the facts. It, women over 60 are the biggest targets for romance scams. So when I'm working with someone over 60, I have them be extra vigilant about looking at profiles and making sure and doing this screening and vetting beforehand. Um, another great way to screen, particularly if you're over 60, is to read their profile I mean, read their messages as if they were written to someone else. Like if you could read it and that could be written to your best friend or your, or your, you know, your dog or whatever, if it's not specific to you, they're probably cutting and pasting. Like that's the thing that, uh yeah, they're cutting and pasting messages and they're hedging their bets and probably not authentic. Yeah. Thank you. That's that's, very interesting. And also like, now that I'm thinking about it, I mean, maybe this is generalization, but like my grandparents, like aren't the best texters in the world. Like if, like if they sent, if my grandma will send me like, okay, if one of my girlfriends sent me, okay, I'd be like, she hates me. Like, what did I do wrong? Okay. Period. (laughs) So like, it is aggressive. Grandma Gail, they read it as aggressive. I, I, I didn't know that until she said to me that you don't have to do half the things you do or, or you're doing too well, I said, little. Just send a thumbs up. Like you don't have right. to like confirm with me, like things like that, that, but, but when you're dating, I guess it depends. Like if you're both on the same level, but it might be even harder to analyze those text messages because even with guys I'm dating in their twenties who know I'm going to read into their text messages, like older and, people don't. Yeah. Yeah, they don't read they really, into it or no, don't. I don't think they read into it. I think they're so happy that somebody came up and, and matched with them that that's where the trouble is. And that's where Demona has to come and help a lot of the older people who are going on these dating things. There has to be advice for them because yeah. I think a lot of them are really like new fish in the pool. They don't, they don't get it. They're, they're really, they're really not savvy on how to do it. And there needs to be more concern about that group of people who are going online looking for dates, uh, you know, not and they will young people, they, they will overshare. Usually my older clients will overshare on text more than my younger clients too. Mm-hmm. my younger clients just keep this banter. Like, Hey, yeah. good morning. Yeah. That banter goes on too long. And I'm like, okay, you have to meet within a week. Mm-hmm. I, I find with my older clients, if they are dating someone who's in their immediate area, because again, as they are a target for a lot of romance scams, a lot of times it's like, oh, I met this person and they, they have a story that doesn't make sense. Like, oh, they live in, they live in Miami, but they're like abroad right now in Czechoslovakia. Like what? And then all of a sudden something catastrophic happens. I lost my passport. I'm stuck out of the country. I need my, my business. I, my credit cards got locked because I had fraud, whatever. Can you just wire me money? And there's no reason for you to ever wire anyone money, send anyone a, um, you know, like a debit card, none of that. Yeah. That's when, it, that's good when advice, good advice yeah. out there. Everybody better be listening. Who's over 60 yeah. and single. Another thing about texting. I saw you posted earlier about like emojis and um, how to kind of build tension and flirtation using emojis. 
Um, I don't really like when <laughs> guys or anyone uses emojis unless it's like a smirk. But what are your thoughts? I think they're mood modifiers. So they're like salt. You use them sparingly. <laughs> a little enhances the flavor too much. And it's it's overpowering. Right. So I use it kind of in place of punctuation because you can't you can't read the text with the intention. You can't know the intention sometimes behind what they're saying. I liked when you had Nick Bile on and he was saying people read text with the the um, emotion that they're in, not the emotion that you sent it. I thought that was genius. Yeah, he was advice. (laughs) Right. But a lot of people will just um, they'll they'll text without thinking. And again, going back to this online disinhibition effect. So what I'm trying to get people to do is text a little bit more mindfully. And if it's not clear the intention that you're sending, punctuate it with an emoji. I'm also a big fan of gifts and memes because I think it, especially in that initial kind of flirting uh, phase, I think humor goes a long way. Yeah. I never do that. I have to do that more. I think. Oh, gosh, <laughs> people love it. People love it. And it gives you like cultural reference points. Right. It also gives your sense of humor. People mm-hmm. will always tell me that. I mean, I think you should send a brisket humor. image. <laughs> roast image on your first day. Send out a brisket. See how, many what, guys, like, see how many guys respond that you make a good brisket. I don't know. <laughs> like, well, you, learn. you say like, can you make a good brisket? Yeah, you make guy? That's good. General swap. Exactly. Oh, I'm all about that. You know. Mm-hmm. I'm all about talking about gender roles. <laughs> so I want to talk about um, OkCupid's okay fall 2022 dating trend predictions. Um, you have all the data. What do you see coming up? Okay. Well, first of all, you know, cuffing season is coming. Grandma mm-hmm. Gail, do you know what cuffing What's season? cuffing season? We've gone over this. I, I don't think I know what it is. I forgot. Is it's it- like when it gets colder and you, everyone wants to couple up. Oh, all right. Okay. Yeah, well, that's true. Mm-hmm. So the official kickoff for cuffing season, according to our data experts at OkCupid, Sunday, November 6th, because we always see the biggest spikes between Halloween and Thanksgiving. Thanksgiving. Right. And then, and then after that, we see it continues to build and, you know, in peak dating season is January. So this is when, when people start getting curious about, Ooh, I I would like to match up and have somebody to cuddle with and cozy up with in the winter. So that's the first thing to keep in mind. So make sure you got your profiles ready before, <laughs> before you get to November 6th. Um, what we're seeing, first of all, it sounds like Kim, you were going on in-person dates like for a while, but a lot of people have tended towards the virtual mm-hmm. dates for with COVID. Okay. Um, so we're Still. seeing that IRL, no, we're seeing that IRL dates are back. Okay. And um, now eight and 10 people on OkCupid are like, okay, I'm done with this virtual dating. Now, my hope as a dating coach is that people still keep the, the screening step, the virtual dating screening step, but that should just be short, like 15 minutes, like just check them out, make sure, you know, they're cute yep. and that you can keep on a conversation. So mm-hmm. that has been a big change in over the uh, year over year. Mm -hmm. Um, The other thing that's really interesting is that there's a lot of talk about mental health. And I think I'm I'm curious to hear your thoughts on this, Grandma Gail, because I think, you know, a lot of that happened because of COVID, you know, a lot of that happened. That's true. That's true. I think our political environment around us, the noise around us has become so upsetting to many people that they 
take it into their personal lives and their dating. And but that- people weren't talking about it in dating in previous generations. No, they were. Now they are. They right. It was a very. Uh, I must say that's the one thing I find upsetting. I think that, um, you know, you somehow you should be dating because you like the person. Uh, stop worrying whether he's a Democrat, Democrat, but Republican, the independent. Values yeah, matter. but not. Yeah, it matters. But you don't have to have the same political persuasion as seen by many to be a good couple. You can, mm-hmm. as long as you respect your partner's differences and make a, a good relationship together, it shouldn't matter whether I'm a conservative and your and your grandfather's a liberal. What it really doesn't matter. I mean, listen, there are arguments naturally uh, about it, but it's supposed to be within a good spirit. When it becomes hateful, as we've seen in recent years, that's no good. But that's no good on any level, yeah. correct, Amanda? I mean, you don't want to have true. It's it's really it's a whole environment. I think it's a change in thinking. It uh, is. We have to get over. We have to be a little kinder. I agree with you, but I also see that the landscape right now is extremely polarized. And what people are tending to do is they look at political beliefs as a proxy for all of the other values, like Kim was saying. And while that may or may not be true, the the numbers show if you look at that, if you look at couples that are uh, different sides of political spectrum, that number is, is decreasing sharply. And when we look at Republican with Democrat, that's only 4% of of new couples today. That's so interesting. It's very polar. But what we found at OkCupid the last election was that the the biggest divide was between voters and non-voters. So if you, so in, we even have, we have a voter badge because people are like, how can you not care? Like you have to not not having an opinion was almost worse than having an opinion that was different than yours. Interesting. Yeah, Interesting. that makes sense. Yeah, I, I mean, guess I'm making an assumption that people who don't vote don't have an opinion. So I think they so have forgive me. They decided not to vote because that was their opinion. Yeah. <laughs> well, it wasn't getting them any dates on OKCupid. <laughs> No, it's it's very interesting, but that is part. You see, I think you have, if my whole theory, and, and very much even when you see it on college campuses today in lectures, I think people have to respect differences of opinion. And once you become intolerant of somebody else's opinion, it's no longer a good. It's no yes, longer a good society. A hundred percent. But also, like, I do wonder if you're looking for the, your partner that you're going to spend every day with, that you're going to start a family with, whatever, like it's probably smart to be aligned. Opposites attract. I think on a values basis, uh, it has to be similar. But again, I I don't think necessarily that all of someone's values can be told just by the political party that they're affiliated with. Of course. But I think this also goes back to this online disinhibition effect and people being so polarized online and sharing their opinions that in a one-way conversation, this is also the big, big change with texting. Texting is a one-way conversation. It's not a dialogue. And so people aren't having that dialogue, Grandma Gail, that really bridges the differences, right? And so we just are like, this is my opinion. This is my opinion. This is what it is. And so that's how we're used to communicating. And that's why I think we're getting pushed further apart. Yeah. Wow. That's so interesting. 
I want to end the episode with a game we play with all of our guests, Grandma Gail's Old Fashioned Dating Quiz. So we'll go through some hypotheticals and then deem whether Demona is more of an old-fashioned dater. I know. I know I'm she- so curious about I this. Know I don't know. Going. I don't know where we're going to end up. So let's go. Okay. First one is, would you rather receive a call or a text if it's just to say hi? Text. Sleep with someone on the first date? No. Um, dating apps or setups, dating apps, move in together before getting engaged or wait until you're engaged or married to move in. I mean, I did it. So I'd have to say moving in before you're engaged. <laughs> um, who should pay for the date? Should it be one person in a couple oh. or you guys alternate or split? This is such a, di- this is a much more complicated question right now, but, um, this is the one I, I like. I like for the guy to pay, but a lot of people are going Dutch. And next time I come back, we can talk more about that. Yeah. Um, more of a modern dater. Yes. More of a modern dater. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. I'm getting to believe I'm getting to believe that everybody should put the credit card in the center and, and just let them go. Russian roulette. Russian like, roulette. Just pick out the whoever the, the card out. It's, it's, it's so, so, stressful. so stressful. You spend the whole night worrying about whether you know who's going to pay. Simona, thank you so much for joining us. Tell our terrific. listeners how they can follow you and anything else they need to know. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me. This was so much fun. I am still doing the Dates and Mates podcast every Tuesday. You can listen wherever you're listening to. Excuse my grammar right now. And uh, I'm on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, and I'm trying on the TikTok, y'all. I'm really trying. Um, All of them, I'm at Damona Hoffman, D-A-M-O-N-A-H-O-F-F-M-A-N. And I also have like a free little goodie for anyone that wants to dip their toe in the online dating waters, but doesn't know how to write about themselves or how to pick the right photos. I have a free profile starter kit on my website at demonahoffman.com or at datesandmates.com. Okay. I hope you guys liked the episode with Demona Hoffman. Better watch us on TikTok, guys. We need, we, we want millions of followers. Come on. That's excuse my grandma on Instagram and on TikTok. And send our podcast around. We want more listeners as well. And we'll see you next week.